Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame, or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi friend, Kristen Klaus here. I have a powerful new course that is launching October 25th. This course is for women who are looking for healing from all types of abuse. Fully Restored from Abuse is a 12-week online course filled with so much information and goodness where we will dig into the root of the hurt and pain from abuse in a Christ-centered way. As a licensed professional clinical counselor, trauma coach, and one who has been healed herself from abuse, your life will be transformed from this course. If you are saying to yourself, I'm ready to be healed, I know there are soul wounds in my life from past abuse, I know I wasn't just hurt physically, but emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. If you are saying, yes, it's time, Kristen. I want to be healed. I want my life to be fully restored. Then go ahead, friend, and click the link found in the show notes for this episode. Now back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Peg Arnold. And I just have to say, I am so grateful for Peg's openness and transparency on coming onto my show today to discuss an issue that many men and women struggle with. Yes, that's right. Men and women struggle with this, eating disorders. Now, in my counseling practice, I work with individuals about a variety of needs, and this is one of them. This is a topic I've wanted to discuss on my show and know that Peg's story is going to encourage, minister, and strengthen you in your own journey of recovering. And friends, if you have a loved one who's struggling with an eating disorder, be sure to share this podcast with them as well. Welcome, Peg, to the Fully Restored Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. It is great to be here with you. I am very honored that God and you have chosen me to share my story. Yes, I am so grateful that you are with us and talking about this topic that is so important, as you know. Absolutely. Yeah. So before we get into the seriousness of the show, I just want to talk about a couple of fun facts. Okay. You love cookies. I do, but I eat the dough more than the cookies, <laughs> which is probably not good when I'm talking about eating disorders. But I've learned to I've learned to control it more, so that's good. That is good. And you broke your leg water skiing, and the following summer you did your fourth triathlon. I did. I did. I uh, fractured my tibial plateau while taking off on water skis in the summer of 2018. And I was bound to determine to get back into shape and be able to walk again. I was in a wheelchair for eight weeks. I was able to do a virtual triathlon the following summer, the following fall. And so that was a big accomplishment. And I'd like to do another one. We'll see. I wouldn't say I am running like I did before because my my 5k part was a walk 
but that's still okay. I'm fine with that. I did the swim, bike, and the and the walk. So well, I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed. <laughs> so, Peg, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, the work you do in your family? Absolutely. I am a mom and a wife. I have two adult children. And between those two married children, I have six grandchildren, ages nine. They're the oldest are twins, nine down to a three-month-old. And I have been a teacher and a counselor in the private and public schools for over 28 years. And I was also simultaneously about 20 years ago, stepped into the speaking ministry realm. God kind of opened that door where I do a drama-infused message through my speaking. And so I grew up in Michigan. We raised our family in Maryland. And when we moved from Maryland to Colorado, I retired, but I don't like that word. So I repurposed my life when we moved to Colorado. And I stepped more into the speaking and writing author. So that's new in the last four years where God's opened the door for me to be able to write about different things that he reveals to me. And most of my writings is in the form of devotions. I also do some coaching and mentoring. My husband and I love to mentor couples and lead marriage groups and parenting groups. Wow. You, you're you right. You are not retired. You have a repurposed life for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, but I love how when we're open and we hold our hands very loosely for God to do things in and through us that he does. And, you know, this is a lot of what you're doing, but being a, a coach and mentoring, writing devotions and speaking and, and all of that, but it's so needed. And especially marriages and parenting, um, there's just a huge need for that. So I'm so grateful that you're doing that ministry. I'm always amazed how God works through us and just opens doors so that we can walk life with others. Yeah, absolutely. So Peg, could you tell us about your childhood? So yeah, I mentioned before I grew up in Michigan. I was the fourth child out of five. And my father was a pastor. So I grew up a PK, a preacher's kid. We moved around quite a bit. Being a PK, my parents were wonderful. I did grow up in a loving family. And I was introduced to who God was at a young age, but I didn't accept him probably until my teenage years when I really learned about what accepting Christ as my savior was in my teenage years. But we also know that teenage years kind of, you know, bring us challenging times. And I think as a PK, I don't think I know, I learned to balance that outside image of the PK and then my exploratory prodigal daughter image and hide that, you know, in another realm. At least I thought I, I was doing that. And it took me through college and getting married where God revealed that I was really running two lives and I needed to integrate and be the same person in every setting. And it was through him and my relationship with him that he guided me to bring together who I really was and to be able to lead that life of integrity 
in all settings. Now, do I still do it successfully? I think we struggle with that all the time still. <laughs> but absolutely. Um, yeah. But I know that is something that God wants me to do. He wants me to be that same person in every single setting. And so I really strive to try to please him with that. And you bring up a good point, which we didn't have this discussion beforehand about being a PK, a pastor's kid. And, you know, you grew up in a loving home and a loving atmosphere. However, there is pressure on pastor's In fact, in my counseling practice, I have worked with a lot of pastoral families, whether with the kids, um, teenagers, children, or adults that were pastor's kids because specifically about the pressure that they have had. In fact, I am a pastor, but my ministry is not like a, a lead in a church. And so I just have that real tender heart towards the children of those in ministry because I know what the stresses are. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of leads us in, can you share with us about when, how old were you when you developed an eating disorder? And do you have like triggers or events that caused you to fall victim to that eating disorder? Okay. Thank you. The, um, as far as the eating disorder, I don't think I fell into the patterns of an eating disorder, but I started as a child with a warped body image. I was the chubby kid. And when I grew up, the chubby clothes actually said for chubby girls, that's the word they used. And so growing up through elementary and into junior high, I was, you know, the last one chosen on the kickball or the softball team, that type of thing. And just always knew that I was the big girl in the group. And so that warped body image always kind of hung over me. And I'm sure I was starting some bad habits, but it was really when I got into the binging and purging that I realized I was in trouble. And that was later in life. And the purging kind of came from a friend in college. And we had been on this weekend and we had eaten all this food. And she said, you know, a cool way to get rid of this. And she taught me how to purge. And not realizing it was an unhealthy thing, it started like, oh, I can eat what I want and get rid of what I want. Isn't that terrible? I mean, isn't that how the enemy works? He brings something into our lives and makes it appear harmless. And so we step into that arena unknowingly, like the innocent sheep that walks into the danger zone. That is what started me on this. I could binge and I could purge. And when it became a pattern was when I got married and my husband moved me from Michigan, where I got married in a small town. I was the bride that every, you know, that was in the paper and Yeah, I had a lot of attention. I was student teaching in that town, singing at the senior center. You know, I had a lot of positive things going for me. And he moved me away into Maryland where he had a job that he worked from sunup to sundown. And I found myself in an apartment by myself. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know the area. I was completely alone. And I was this people person. I was 
this person that I felt I had a lot of self-confidence and I'd never been in a situation like that before. And I was fearful to reach out to anyone to let them know that I was going through this time of loneliness and insecurity because I was afraid people were going to look at me and say, well, maybe you shouldn't have married. Maybe it's your marriage that's causing this. And I knew it wasn't. I've been married now to my husband for 44 years. I knew he was the love of my life, but he was working 16 hours a day. So I only had him eight hours a day. (laughs) And so I ended up getting a job I hated. And the way I took control of my life and soothed myself was through eating and binging and then purging. And it became something that I did in secret. Uh, Nobody knew. My husband didn't even know because the groceries and the things that I would purchase that I would binge on, I would get rid of all that trash and all the signs of it. So he never knew it entered our house. He never knew it entered my body. And it wasn't until I was starting to get a burning throat and broken capillaries around my eyes that I had to put makeup on to cover up so that he wouldn't know what my lifestyle had become. I actually hid it from him for an entire year and he had no idea what was going on. And at that time, bulimia wasn't really something that was talked about. We're talking about the late 70s, early 80s. It was just anorexia. Anorexia was being talked about. And as a teacher in the school system, I actually had an anorexic student. So we had been trained on how to observe her, watch her, support her. And I didn't identify. Here's the thing, Kristen. I didn't see that I had anything in common with her. She wasn't eating at all. You know, I was eating. So I didn't see myself as having a problem but I knew what I was doing wasn't right. And then my husband and I were watching a a TV show and it talked about anorexia and then it talked about bulimia. And it was like, God had these lights in my eyes and saying, that's you. That's what you're doing to yourself. I had not shared it with anybody. And I looked at my husband and I kind of talked about it in past tense because it had subsided a little bit and I thought I had it under control. And I said, oh, that was me. And he didn't know it was still kind of a part of my life because I felt since it wasn't on an everyday basis that, okay, I can control this, but I was still in those unhealthy patterns of binging and purging. And eventually I got, so I knew the purging was bad, but I stayed in a pattern of binging. And then I would go to a pattern of fasting or exercising, uh, you know, excessively. And I thought, okay, I'm cured and I'm healthy. I stayed in that pattern, even into having my children. And as I had my daughter, my husband started talking with me about how I refer to myself with body image. And because I still had this negative body image and he knew that between when I was alone with him, I would say a lot of self-deprecating comments. I still named myself as negative. I saw myself as not worthy, but because of the number on that scale, 
I don't think I did it perfectly as a, as a parent, but I think as parents, we do need to watch the messages about our own body image that we're giving ourselves because I think our children, and as you said, boys and girls are both susceptible to it. I think they pick up on that. I would have to say it was probably 20 years. I joined a Bible study that was a 12 step to to body image, a 12, 12 step Bible study. I can't really remember the name of it, but it was 12 steps to a positive body image. And it was in that Bible study that the Holy Spirit just revealed to me, again, like watching that TV show with my husband, revealed to me that you are still in the bonds of the eating disorder patterns. No, you're not purging and you think you're healthy because of that, but you still binge unhealthily and then you fast or then you exercise excessively and you still see yourself as not worthy because of the number on that scale. And the Holy Spirit whispered to me, I created you beautiful. I created you. I don't I don't measure you because of a number. I don't measure you because of how your clothes fit. I don't measure you because of your looks. I measure you because of the gifts I've given you. And I love you. I have to remind myself of that conversation every day because it is a battle. I fight with that body image, but there was a freedom when I received that message and God gave me by his grace, that full restoration where I don't feel I'm in those unhealthy body, those unhealthy eating patterns. Do I eat and and go up on the scale and gain weight? Yes, but I've learned that if I'm going to lose weight, it's going to be in a healthy way, and I'm going to I'm going to be able to look at the way God created food and how I need to eat it to be able to be healthy for my body. And so, yeah, do I still go through yo-yo ups and downs in my life? I do, but my whole attitude is different about it. It's not a hating my body for who I am. Do I have days that I wake up? I can have my mood mood struck by my clothes not fitting right. Yes. But if I look to my creator and who he created me to be, he doesn't want that to be a chain or a bondage that I carry with me because he wants me to be free. And so that is, that's where he offers that full restoration. He wants us to not be ashamed of who we are, how we look, what weight we carry. He wants us to know that we are loved and we are adored by him, our savior. And he has created us as new creatures and he will pave the way ahead of us. He will give us comfort at the times of our weeping. He will strengthen us when we are weak and he will walk with us in our times of shame and he will bring glory to what we have ahead of us. That is such a powerful story. And there's so much I have my notes right here. 
And one of the things I want to go back to is that connection of the label when you were a child to have the clothes labeled as chubby. That is just astonishing. Isn't (laughs) that something? (laughs) Yeah, um, because what a label that that puts on. And so from a small child, and I'm just thinking about the listener that um, is saying, oh, I can relate to that. I was that child growing up. I was the one that was selected last. I was the one that wasn't as active or or uh, maybe I was active, but I still didn't lose weight and I was chubby and, and I compared myself to others and people said things and talked about me and just how that went, you know, all the way through your life of that negative self-talk and that negative body image that you had. And, and there was also a couple of other things that you said that, um, first of all, that you had a friend that taught you how to do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, that breaks my heart. That here you can still eat, but let's just purge. But I think of a lot of kids today, teenagers today, and thinking of self-harm. A lot of that is because somebody else told them, well, I cut or I do this. That's Um, so true. And so here is just another form of self-harm, of purging. And then you talked about the control and you didn't know how to soothe yourself or this was how you soothed yourself, which was unhealthy. And for anyone that has worked with eating disorders, control is the big thing. Absolutely. It's it's the one place that you do have control, but then that control becomes obsessive and then your um, body image. So that combination of the control being obsessive and then the distorted body image, you know, look, it's like looking in a clown mirror. You see one thing, but it's not what others see. And that's how that distorted body image is. But this became your way of comforting yourself that if I'm sad, if I'm lonely, if I'm isolated, whatever's going on, well, I'll just eat and then I can purge. Or, you know, talking about, I appreciate that you mentioned that that pattern of binging and fasting and then exercising excessively, because I I know I've had friends that have, have done that as well. And recognizing that unhealthiness of that, of needing to find balance. And really, it sounds like that's what you learned to do, that God really, you know, with that Bible study, 12 Steps to Positive Self-Image. First, starting with your self-image and then learning, here's healthy ways. You know, we're not perfect, like you said. Nobody is perfect. But recognizing, okay, this is the healthy balance place for me. So do you recognize if you are leaning over to unhealthiness again? Or has that been gone? No, no. I still have to recognize that. I okay. I think I think old habits die fast, you know. God can restore us, but we pick up. Yeah. We pick up those chains. You know, we lay them and he has given them up at the cross, but we still pick up those chains. And it is my, my husband is very in tune with where I'm at and he'll point it out to me because it might be the way I disregard a compliment and he says, you're doing it to yourself. And so he kind of, he sees it sometimes before I see it, but it's like you said, that word balance, 
knowing what the balance is of perseverating over, because that's what we can do. We can sit, if we're a person that has bad body image or have dealt with an eating disorder, we can make that eating exercise a priority of our day and perseverate over it. But it's learning, how does God want me to balance that in my life? How does he want me to balance my exercise? How does he want me to balance my eating? How does he want me to balance all the other activities and not always put such a high priority on what did I eat? What am I going to eat? That type of thing. And I think this knee injury was another piece because I couldn't exercise at all. You know, I'm a person, one of my balanced things in my checks is, you know, wearing my Fitbit and getting in you know, my exercise minutes and my steps, that's a balanced thing for me. But when I was injured, I couldn't do that. So was I just going to eat and gain weight? So I had to, that was a hard thing for me. And God kind of worked with me and I worked with what can I eat and what can I eat? And did I gain some weight because of my inactivity? Absolutely, I did. And it was over a slow amount of time. And so my husband and I decided that we were going to start a healthy eating lifestyle ourselves. And we went through uh, support of an outside resource, but we did it together. And it was a, a healthy endeavor that we went on as a journey together, making decisions. And it's helped us with our eating patterns since. So is it always going to be a struggle for me? I think it kind of, it's like a roller coaster, but God is there. And if I go and where it becomes unhealthy, Kristen, is when I start renaming and picking up those chains of shame and unworthiness, that's where it becomes unhealthy, where I measure my worth because of a number on a scale or because of how my fit. That's something God doesn't want us to do. Jesus, Jesus makes us whole and he makes us whole no matter how we look. I have, my daughter has a friend who teaches an exercise class and she says, we work out because we love our bodies, not because we hate them. And I think, wow, isn't that so healthy? <laughs> you know, yeah. those are it's taking on those attitudes of health. I read Jenny Allen's book recently, Breaking Free from Body Shame. And she does a lot in how do we cast off those names of unworthiness and shamed and, you know, fat or whatever those, those size words are and how we take on the names that God gives us as whole, worthy, gifted, loved. That is so powerful. And one of the things that you said there, when you were talking about you and your husband, I think what is different there is for one, it was accountability. And with the combination of it was done in the light and not in secret. So that accountability meant you guys were doing this together. So there could be balance. And then it was brought to the light. So, okay, we're going to eat healthy, but we're not going to have these wrong concepts about it. And we're going to do this together. And how transforming is that to do that with your husband versus 
I just think of so many people I know personally and professionally that this is a struggle between them in their relationships. But you and your husband really came together and said, okay, let's make a choice to um, live a lifestyle of healthy eating and let's do it together. And then recognizing, okay, my traps, my thinking traps are when I start to measure my worth on my body size and my body image, that's when my thinking traps set in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I love how you call that a thinking trap because I think we all need to know what is taking us in the wrong direction and that measuring our worth by our size or numbers on the scale is that's my trigger and my trap. But that for anyone that is struggling with this to find that accountability, whether it's through a counselor or whether it's another friend that's going to go on this journey with you or a partner or even a daughter or a son that you could do it with. I think to find that accountability partner is really important because you do bring it to the light. You are looking at the healthy patterns and the balance that you want to bring to your life. Absolutely. So with your life experience, Peg, and where God has brought you today, what are two or three things that you can share with our listeners as they are beginning their journey of healing from eating disorders, from unhealthy body images. Thank you for for allowing me to share that because I love working with acronyms. They help me remember, or I work Uh, with same same letters. But this is AIM, A-I-M. It's an acronym. And the first thing I think is so important is we have to admit. We have to admit what our weakness is, We have to accept our imperfections and we have to avoid negative self-talk. That's the huge piece of this. I love Philippians 4, 4.13, where it says, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. That helps us with admitting our weakness. But he also, at the beginning of that chapter in that letter, He is talking about, do not be anxious about anything, but through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace that passes understanding will be upon your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to say, finally, brethren, fix your minds on. And this is where avoid the negative self-talk. Put these things in your mind. Fix your mind on things that are pure and praiseworthy, lovely, admirable, noble, true, trustworthy, excellent, right. And he said, and the peace of God will be with you. If we focus on the positive things rather than the negative things, and the minute that we find ourselves going down that rabbit hole of self-deprecation, find a way to rename ourselves the way God sees us, find a way to Give gratitude for the health that you're experiencing, not the size of your body. Find ways to avoid that negative self-talk. So that's the A of AIM. And then there's I. Identify those positive actions and phrases and scriptures to support your journey. And so that's helping with that, uh, avoiding the negative self-talk. And this was my my verse as I was going through that 12-step process, Hebrews 12.11. No act of discipline is pleasant yet painful, but the harvest in the end produces a fruitful bounty. 
And so I grab a hold of that because it means that when we are making changes in our lives, identifying positive actions, phrases, and scriptures, when we're trying to adapt those as habits in our life, it's a discipline. It's a new discipline we're learning, like learning to lift a weight and being able to increase that weight from one to four to five to 10 pounds. We are increasing our thoughts. And it's a discipline that we have to practice every day because it's not just going to come naturally. And that's, that's the way God created us that we have to work at these things, but he also is with us in that journey and that we are healthier as we practice those things. So that's the I. And then M, make each day a new beginning towards restoration with Christ by your side. And that was part of the 12 steps is forget what happened yesterday. And when you wake up in the morning, it is a new start whether you failed or whether you were successful yesterday, you are starting a new day and you're going to look at this day as being one that you want to be successful. And I love Lamentations, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every single morning. God is faithful and he won't leave us. So aim those three. Admit your weaknesses, identify positive actions, and make each day a new beginning. I love that. And what a great note of how to end our show is on leaving that with our listeners to follow that. So in our last few seconds here, how can people connect with you online and purchase your book? Oh, thank you. Well, my book is Devotions. It's Devotions for the Distracted Heart. My website is pegarnold.org and there's a shop in the back or it is on Amazon. But if you order it through my shop on my website, I always send a free journal with it. So that would be available to anyone that takes advantage of that. There's also a free devotion available. I'm on version. My devotions are on versions. Again, devotions for the distracted heart where there's a blog. And I'm also on Facebook, Peg Arnold and the Wonder Woman Ministry or Arnold Peg on Instagram. So I'd love to have you connect with me. And if you have a question, feel free to private message me. Well, thank you, Peg, for joining us today. Our show notes and all the links shared with us today can be found at my website, fullyrestored.love. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows. And I would so appreciate it if you would leave a rating as well on whatever platform you're listening to us on. In fact, you could do it right now at the end of the show. I would love to stay connected with you. So you can find me at Instagram and on my Facebook page. Both of those are at author Kristen Klaus. I pray that this episode of the Fully Restored podcast ministered to you, that it encouraged you, that you felt like there's somebody else that understands the struggles that I've been through, but not just understands, but is giving you tools with this great examples here of AIM, you know, admit your weakness, identify positive action steps, and make each day a new beginning. That those are tools that you take to walk out your own fully restored story. And remember, friends, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.